everyone. It's a beautiful day to be alive. Beautiful Friday to be with us at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I'm Brandon Lachance, and here's the co-host, Tony Miles. We are back with another one. Always good to see you. Thank you, Brian Cavelli, for the Pods theme song. We talk about it every show, and we will continue to talk about it every show. It's great. Don't you agree, Tony? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. I love it. And thank you to all of you who are listening to us on this Friday, October 25th, or anytime after. You know it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes now, which we just got the confirmation email why we were setting the show up. Yes. So, we are there. We have a Facebook page, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. The Twitter is Edge of Your Seat P, because podcast was too long. P! (laughs) So, we are everywhere. Try to find us. You don't even have to try. We're there. Appreciate the support, everybody. We really do. Appreciate the support. We really do. Without you guys, we really wouldn't be doing this. I mean, I love being able to talk with you to them. Well, sure. I mean, if we had to listen to it ourselves, we'd kind of have a problem, right? We didn't have anybody else to listen to it. True, true. Very, very true. Well, we want to jump right into this because there's a lot of stuff that we want to put on the show, especially high school sports-wise. Everything's winding down. All the sports that are going on in the fall, you know, winter's right around the corner, unfortunately. I heard it's supposed to snow, like, around Halloween. Don't talk to me about snow. Don't talk to me about snow. I know. We're in Illinois. We hate when it happens, and then we get halfway through, and we're like, okay, is it summer yet? Yeah. But. No snow. No, so. No, so. <laughs> Football is in the last week of the regular season. Girl State tennis is happening probably not now. It's it's roughly like 6 o'clock, 6.30-ish. State tennis uh, started Thursday, played today, and uh, will play tomorrow. Then we have boys' soccer teams are in the sectional finals, which are happening right now. Cross-country regionals begin this week, I believe, on Saturday. And volleyball regionals tip off next week. So everything, playoffs are full of blaze right now. A lot going on, that's for sure. Uh, but check this out. We actually have four teams that are in close proximity of our area that actually become playoff eligible and uh, as they set the battle tonight to help their playoff seeding. Uh, Fieldcrest is number one in Class 2A and has an 8-0 record as the Knights are set to battle the El Paso Gridley, who are 2-6 and six in the last game of the season. Uh, this is an absolutely ridiculous stat. The Knights are scored... 282 points and have only allowed 51 on defense. Their line is huge, and they have fast guys all over in the backfield. It's it's a legit defense. We could take the line though, BD, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, sure, for sure. All right. And uh, Princeton is seven and one, which is uh, number seven in three A. Princeton plays two and six Erie Prophetstown uh, in week nine. The Tigers have outscored their opponents 340 to 73. How come the Knights aren't playing? I know, that would be an awesome game. I would love to see that. <laughs> and have scored 40 or more points in seven of their eight games. So congratulations, Princeton. That's amazing. That's ridiculous. 40 points. That's awesome. Seven or more games. Insane. Uh, also in the playoffs, besides the state-ranked teams, Hall Red Devils are 6-2. and two. They're going up against Kiwani, who is 5-3. So that's a, a great game to, to see who's going to be second in the Three Rivers Conference Mississippi Division right behind Princeton because Princeton's pretty much got it on lock. And then we have LaSalle Peru. It's 5-3, and three, so they're already playoff eligible, but nice. they need six wins to get that automatic. But it's going to be tough because they're going against Kalen, who received votes. They didn't make the top ten, but they received votes in 6A. Hey, we're all, we're all about the little man. Right. We'll get this. The Cavaliers haven't been to the playoffs since 2009, so this would be great for them. It's about time. And uh, in 5A, Sterling is number two with an 8-0 record, and Sycamore is number six at 7-1, and, and Carbondale is 7-1. Why is Carbondale? 
Because, man, I went to SIU in Carbondale, oh, and of course I had to put them on there. How did I feel that? <laughs> and they are number nine in 5A. So there's three teams that I think we should hold close to our hearts, like Sycamore's not far. Sterling, you and I have been to Sterling before. Could we even drive to Carbondale one day? Five hours. <laughs> Five hours. Kidding. Awesome, awesome. It's, it's crazy, though. If you go to school and you come back to Mendota or LP for just a weekend, it's, it's exhausting. You're five hours there, five hours back. You don't really What's more exhausting, the drive or you actually going to school there? The drive. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so you enjoyed the school. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I would do it again if I could, no doubt. Beautiful. Also, we have to give shouts out to St. Bede, Mendota, and Amboy Lamoille, who all picked up the first win yes. of the season last week. Yes, 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 yes. Got to clap for that. Uh, hopefully, they can get a win today, and then they would go end the season with a winning streak. Hey, not, nothing hurts there. No, not at all. And also, unfortunately, Burrow Valley hasn't been able to pick up a win this season. Maybe they can get the first win of the season. So, uh, we have to update you on the Mendota Boys soccer team. The Trojans ended their season at 18-4-1 after falling to Class 1A defending state champions Quincy Notre Dame in the sectional semifinal on Tuesday. Quincy Notre Dame is not done with the Illinois Valley squads yet, which uh, Earlville won its sectional semifinal and is ready for the defending state champs in the sectional final tonight in Peoria. <laughs> Did you hear that? What was that? No, you didn't. Hey, it's our buddy S-Dub. S-Dub, I missed you, bud. Have you um, ever met him? I, I have, yeah. Tell us a fine memory that you have of S-Dub. I got too many to talk to you about, to be honest with you. My goodness. No, S-Dub won't be quiet. It just keeps talking. <laughs> S-Dub is our buddy C and say, and somehow... He doesn't like being called that. He doesn't like being called CNC. He likes being called that stuff. So he just roars. If you call him CNC, he just roars for no random reason. Uh, but somehow he dropped by with a bunch of topics that he would like for us to speak about. So he's all lined up. Instead of a turkey, we have the start of the NBA season. Instead of a lion, we have Vince Carter playing in his 22nd season. The most anybody's ever played. He can still walk. He can still walk. Oh, my gosh. I bet crazy. you. He dunked last year. I bet. I wonder if he can still dunk. I've never been able to dunk, so I probably shouldn't be talking trash about him. <laughs> we also have <laughs> Super Bowl predictions, World Series MVP, who we think will be World Series MVP. If they were in their prime, both same age, who would you draft first, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Rogers? I hope that one gets picked. Also, there's a lot of talks about Tom Brady or Cam Newton going to the Bears. Hmm. David Ross getting hired as the Cubs manager. If you or I got to choose to meet one living athlete. Got to be living. Living athlete. Okay. They don't have to be in the league or a league. Just have to be living. Who would we meet? The World Series in general, so kind of break it down. Or who we think is going to be the rookie of the NBA. So thank you, S-Dub. We appreciate. S-Dub. Hey. He's the man. Do I get to pull it? Of course. You go first, bro. I'm a little nervous. So we got the elephant, and we land on the start of the NBA season. You kick it off, Tone. Have you watched anything? I have. I've, I've actually watched the Lakers. I have watched the Clippers twice. I've watched the Bulls, sadly. Um, I have watched quite a few games. And uh, where I want to start at is with the Houston Rockets. And I understand that this is a situation where everybody wants to sit and talk about Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I will be the first person to say that I love Russell Westbrook. Okay, I love Russell Westbrook. Never been a huge James Harden fan. 
And uh, I guess you can kind of look at it as a reunion in a different city, right? Uh, but I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, if, if anybody has paid attention to the last game they played, the, it seemed like it was a James Harden show between the first three quarters. And then as the fourth quarter hit, uh, it seemed to me that Russell Westbrook, even though he did score points and uh, everything like that, it seemed like Russell kind of took over in the fourth. And I just, it, it, you know, basketball is a team game. And that's where people have to be at. And I just, I don't see that happening with the Houston Rockets. I do have to say with the Bulls, uh, I think that one game you really can't, you know, muster off much of that. But man, did Kobe White look good, you know? I kind of want to rewind it a little bit and talk more about the Bucks than... Uh, Milwaukee Bucks and Houston Rockets, which played last night. Mm-hmm. Giannis fouls out. I mean, he'd already scored 31 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, triple-double, triple first double game of the that. season. Fouls out with 5.15 left in the game with a 101-95 lead. The Rockets still have their two best players who are superstars. They're not all-stars. They're not good players. They are superstars. Why can't these two win that game without the best player in the league last year and make one of the top two to three this year. I mean, we're one game in, so who knows? Why couldn't they pull that out? There's a supporting cast. There's a supporting cast in Milwaukee that people don't see. And the one thing that people don't understand is that Eric Bledsoe is the real deal. I, I really believe that when he is healthy, he could be as good anybody in the NBA uh, for what he actually does. I look at him as like a rich man's Rajon Rondo, you know, and I love Eric Bledsoe. I, I think Milwaukee is on the rise. I really do. And I try to, I, you know, when people do podcasts and when they, they sit there and you, and you watch uh, sports analysts talk and everything, everybody always seems to go to the negative. And maybe we should work more on the positive, which I'm glad you did that with the Milwaukee Bucks because they, they are a hell of a team. They really are. And I think they are on a, an echelon that I think in a couple of years or maybe this year that it's going to be it's going to be great stuff. So I'm excited. I'm glad you smelled what I was cooking because that's what I was getting at. Brooke Lopez hit three threes in that five-minute period. Uh, Wesley Matthews stepped up and hit a big three. They were playing. They well, were all there. I watched the game as well, and I, I just got to say this. that this is, this is not rehearsed. This is not rehearsed. Me and you were going right off of this. And uh, the one thing about Brooke Lopez that I seen last night, it wasn't pretty. But he was hitting those turnaround jumpers from the post, you know, and that was something. It wasn't pretty, but seeing that, and I've always liked Brooke Lopez, but the the supporting cast that they have is just, that's what makes a basketball team, man. I mean, you can put these super teams together, and I'm telling you, that is what makes a basketball team is, is when you have guys like Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, there's plenty of them to go around. i got to add George Hill. I love George Hill. I love George Hill. He's one of, my favorite, one of my favorite backup point guards ever. And, you, I mean, he's a good starter as well. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. But I just wanted to throw that out there. They have a complete team this year. And when you're saying they might be able to do this year, I don't see anybody in the East that's going to mess with them. No, I really don't. And uh, to go back to the George Hill thing real quick is, you know, we are uh, we have the luxury in our area that we actually get the Pacers broadcast. So I can watch as many Pacers games as I can watch Bulls games. And so I, I got to watch George Hill. I got to watch Paul George and uh, another big guy that I'm sure we'll talk about in the in the future. I love Miles Turner. You know, and I, I have become a Pacers fan second to the Bulls. But yeah, George Hill. It's it's good to see. It's good to see what they have put together there in Milwaukee. We can talk about Paul George right now. Did you watch the second game of the TNT doubleheader last night? I kind of fell asleep early, but I watched a little bit of it. <laughs> so Paul George is on the sideline for the Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, again, rules the court. 
and they absolutely blew out Golden State Warriors. They they look kind of like scrubs. I'm not gonna lie. There was somebody that actually said uh, Golden State would not make the playoffs. Charles Barkley. Thank you. Okay, so when I watched that, I said no way in hell that you have a Steph Curry and you have a Draymond Green and that you don't at least get an eight seed. After watching what I watched last night, the reason I went to bed, just so everybody understands, the reason I went to bed is because I couldn't stand watching it. Because I couldn't stand watching a team that has done what the Golden State Warriors have done and just sit there. And I mean, you're running out there with two or three rookies on the court, you know. And what I watched, I have to agree. I, I understand it's one game, but I have to agree that if that keeps up, there's no way Steph Curry can will that team to a playoff. It is just it's just not going to happen. And you can see the look on his face. Like he would hit a three and then all of a sudden, you know, Los Angeles Clippers scored the next seven to nine points and there's yeah. nothing they could do to stop it. Cool. Patrick Beverly is a stud. I Chicago, love that baby. dude. Hey, we're gonna do a high Chicago. five out there. Chicago. Patrick Beverly is a stud, one of my favorite point guards to watch in the league. The best part about Patrick Beverly is the fact that he does not care who you are. Anything he does not care. Yeah, I, I watched uh, before I before I did pass out and didn't watch the finish watching the game. I did watch him actually look over after he denied somebody and he looked over at the uh, announcers and was like this and saying nope 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 shaking his head like you know he gets into it and that is some exciting stuff to watch Patrick Beverly Chicago boy you know and to go back to the Clippers they are definitely the team in the NBA to beat right now when you walk through the LA Lakers they walk through them I don't care if they won by ten points or not they walk through Anthony Davis and. LeBron James, and then you come in and you take Golden State and just completely obliterate them. I mean, <laughs> who else you got to go through? I'm, it's insane. And again, we have to go back. Paul George is not even on the court. No, that's scary, isn't it? He's not even on the court that's and they scary. look this good. Paul George is a great guy, by the way. What, yeah. what an amazing situation. Man, it's it's going to be fun to watch the Clippers all year long. I can't wait till he's in the fold and we see a real team doing real things. Well, I mean, what are you what are you going to fight? You're going to have Kawhi Leonard hitting 15 foot jump shots, and then if you got two guys doubling him, the guy that's doubling him is going to be Paul George's guy because. Trust me, the Clippers ain't stupid. They're going to keep Paul George on the same side. That guy's going to break down, and then what are you going to do? Guess what Kawhi's going to start doing? He's going to kick that ball out to Paul George, bam, hit threes all day long. Definitely. And another thing, I think Doc Rivers finally has a team of kind of players that he wants. Yeah. Like, he's got two-way players. Paul George is an offense-defense guy. Kawhi Leonard, offense-defense guy. Patrick Beverly, offense-defense guy. You can go through almost the whole roster offense-defense guy, that he's going to get 100% of what he wants on both sides of the court. Okay, we got to spin uh, S-Dub pretty soon here, but I do got to give a little credit to somebody that probably will never hear this podcast in his entire life, but Montrez Harrell is an absolute stud. And when you said offense-defense, that's all I could think about. I mean, is he like, he's like a high-motor Gosh, I would say he's almost a higher motor than like a Joakim Noah, you know, but he's more skilled into the fact that he actually is more fluid. He's going to be good for a really long time. So that that team is really, they're going to be tough to beat. And him and Lou Williams look like they've been <laughs> playing together for 15, 20 years. Yeah, Lou like Williams. Like they found each other in complete motion every time one of them needed the ball. Lou Williams took over Jamal Crawford's job. That's what he did. <laughs> he did. And in the post-game interview, he goes, hey, it seems like you keep getting better with age. As you get older, you seem to become a better player. And he's like, I'm just doing what I do. I love the game and I want to be here. Yeah. And that's the attitude I feel like you have to have. That's how yeah. you stay where you're at. 
Well, what Doc Rivers did with those guys last year is just amazing. So, hey, let's move on. He's a great coach. I love he is a great coach. That's why I can talk about the Clippers all day. Right. Yeah, I've been so waiting for the Clippers to be really good. I've yeah. been waiting a long time. Did you Did you fix that thing? Oh, it's always fixed. You, you, no, I'm saying you fixed it. Like, you fixed it to land on the NBA season. So no, 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 no. I was ready for that one, though. Oh, okay. I was ready right for on. that one. Right on. All right, so we're starting from the turkey, and we'll see where we land. <laughs> That's an ostrich, not a turkey, by the way. My bad. We got Super Bowl predictions. I'll let you go, Tone. Who do you think is going to win the NFC? Okay, the, the most popular choice in the NFC would either be Green Bay or San Francisco. Um, or New Orleans. I have to pick one, huh? All right. You get one, sh- one shot. I get one shot at the NFC. I love my Bears. Um, I think they have fallen way too far behind. Uh, which really bothers me. I didn't like what the Vikings did last night against Washington. They kind of seemed a little exposed at points where I thought Dalvin Cook would run over everybody. It's going to hurt me to say this, but I do think Green Bay is the team that comes out of the NFC at this point. Uh, Now, this is completely barring any injury. Uh, If they lose Aaron Rodgers, I just think it's over. But when you have an Aaron Rodgers-led team and he's getting the confidence he's having, and I don't care what anybody says, that Adam Lazard, is a stud and needs to be in the lineup for them. And I know people probably don't even know who I'm talking about. People are probably whoever's listening is probably going to Google it soon. Uh, but the kid, the kid is good and he works well with Rodgers. And I think Rodgers is starting to trust him. Um, Velda Scantlin can't really stay healthy very well. Uh, I feel like there's always little nagging injuries in the middle of the games. Geronimo Allison seems to have the same issue. And the scary part that I'll end it with is the fact that Rodgers and Graham start, seem to start hitting on the same note, and that's scary, especially in the red zone. So I, I, would, I would take Green Bay out of the NFC. So i gotta, I got to give you my NFC pick. Then we'll get to the AFC. NFC? I was too excited there. So. I, I, no, no, no. I just had to stop you. I was like, oh, let me give my pick, and then we get to see who agrees with who. I want to go New Orleans. We see what they're doing with a backup quarterback, without Drew Brees. Their defense has, has played well. They, I mean, Chicago really doesn't have an offense, but they made us look silly. And, I mean, Terry Bridgewater is doing quite... Brandon has a problem with Terry and I Teddy. Like, I, I like calling him Terry. <laughs> I'm going to call him Terry until the day I die. You will find out really quickly. If I get something, I, a name in my head, and that's the way I like it, I'm going to say it He's, he's kind of like that evil genius for me and for him and I, you know. But, you know what, I'm going to let him go on the Terry, but I wanted to correct him for all you guys and Teddy. <laughs> but anyway, Terry Bridgewater has played out of his mind. I mean, he was a good starting quarterback with Minnesota before he got hurt. I don't mean to trip you up, but did you say Terry again? Yeah. I'm going to continue to say Terry. All right, all right. I won't correct you no more. I love so, it. Terry Bridgewater. <laughs> that is Terry, not Teddy. Terry Bridgewater. So Terry Bridgewater at Minnesota was a solid quarterback. I mean, he wasn't top 15. He wasn't whatever. But he was in his first productive years. Years played really well. He gets hurt. And then he goes through the backup quarterback role. He's with the Saints. He's stepped up. Like, he has looked like an NFL quarterback. There's some NFL starting quarterbacks that I believe he has played better than as the backup. And then you got Michael Thomas. Fan- <laughs> fantastic wide receiver. Stud. I think he's top three. Honestly, yeah. I think he's top three. Yeah. Anyway, they have all the players. They are winning games, doing what they should do without Drew Brees. So you get Drew Brees back in the fold, and who knows what they could do. So that's why I'm going to Orleans. Okay, all right. I, I feel you there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it right back to you, and you give me your AFC team. 
This one, time if you this need might to. be a little tougher. You want, me, you want me to start singing these? This people? might be a little tougher. How I, is this tougher? Come on. <laughs> this is not no. tough at all. It's New England Patriots. It, absolutely. It's, it's there's Patriots. nobody that's messing with New England Patriots. Forget the offense. The defense is Their easy. defense Stupid. is. So I'm going to be biased here. I have them on my fantasy football team. Oh, never mind. They said. <laughs> and for the first three weeks, I didn't get anything less than 25 points. They are monsters. They are doing everything that you want a defense to do. They're looking like the real monsters of the midway right now, and I hate to say that I'm a Bears fan. No, and I get it. And you know what? We're gonna kind of make this like a like a co-op thing with this New England Patriots because we're both right on the same topic here. Um, I believe it's the New England Patriots as well. And uh, I just want to explain something. If you guys remember correctly, I don't know who watched the New England Patriots first game. Did you watch the first game? I did. Okay, I remember them. The commentators talking and stating that they were talking to Tom Brady, and to, they asked Tom Brady. They said what is your most surprising thing out of this team this year? And he said, the defense. And they said, what do you mean the defense? And he said, you know, he goes, I realized, he goes, when we, we were sitting, he goes, I thought our offense sucked. He's like, and then I realized, no, our defense is that good. When that happened, I laughed. Because as a Bears fan, I sat there and said, we got the best defense in the NFL. I don't care, you know, like that your defense can't be that good. Well, who's laughing now? I mean, that, that defense is insane. I don't have statistics in front of me. God, I wish I did. Because what they have done, and I mean, anybody can sit there and say, oh, they're in a weak division. They haven't played anybody. I'll put that defense up against anybody in the NFL. So, <laughs> yeah, they've done some impressive things. And unfortunately, the Bears' defense is going to step back. I it's mean, okay. it, it, it has. But it's because of injuries. I mean, you don't have Hicks. Max been dinged up. I mean, that happens. Well, you don't have injuries. or I mean, you have the injuries, and uh, you have the uh, – Roy Robertson-Harris has come in and done a good job. Eddie Goldman's back. Uh, they can't sit on the field for 73% of the uh, time, so okay. – S-Dub is tired of hearing about this. Yeah, S-Dub told me he's tired of hearing about the Bears, so let's move. <laughs> so we're on the hippo. That hippo is hilarious. Okay, well, the hippo's kind of scary. But. Okay. So, did I get on the exact same one? Let me see. You tell me, what, what do we got here? You did. Let's do oh, it again. Yeah. Come on, S-Dub, give us something Come good. S-Dub, give me something here. Wait, we didn't even say who wins the Super Bowl. Oh, we didn't. I'm going to that's why. That's why I went back to the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, it was like, hold on. Oh, no, hell no. I'll never pick the Packers to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'm going I'm going New England as it's well. It's New England. So, so. I think it's New England, and then Tom Brady and Belichick dip out. Bill Belichick, head coach, then they're done after the Super Bowl. Hey, can we talk about this another time, about Tom Brady being a system quarterback? Can we keep that in the back in the ball? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll right, keep it in the ball. Let's keep that in the ball. All right, let's keep the C&C going here. That's dumb, sorry. Oh, my favorite. This is the one I wanted to talk about. Go ahead. You talk, you talk and you. what do you think? World Series MVP. Oh, I cannot wait for this one. It's on go. All right. Who, who so that here? game who is just starting right now, right? It is. All right. All right. You want me to go first? I want you to go first. Oh, okay. All right. Check this out. This is my most exciting part, okay, because the World Series MVP is, I have said since the beginning that the Nationals were going to win the World Series. Even though we just started this, I have proof, okay? And if you ever want to see the proof, I'll show it to you. But here's my thing, all right? They're up 2-0, and I'm going to use this as assuming that the Nationals are going to win the World Series being up 2-0. And I feel like I cannot jinx them, Brandon, because I've said they're going to win it the whole time and they're up 2-0, right? If anybody's been listening, I absolutely love Patrick Corbin. I really do believe Patrick Corbin will be the 
guy that actually sets the difference between the final of this series. Now, what I didn't see coming when we started this today is from the last game is talking about Juan Soto. First of all, easy answer, Juan Soto is my MVP for the World Series should the Nationals uh, win this thing within five games. Juan Soto has already homered, doubled, has three RBIs with two walks and three runs in two games. But his attitude, his attitude is insane. I mean, you'll watch this guy take a strike or take a ball and he'll literally turn his body and almost pretty much grab his private area as he sits there and looks at the pitcher. I mean, he gets in their heads. And it's. I started thinking about this. Do you know who he is, Brandon? Do you have any idea? Can you can you think of a, a player that's not not a position player and not not he doesn't catch, he doesn't uh, play the field. All he does is pitch. That from the from the Cubs organization in in the early 2000s. Who would you think that Juan Soto reminds you of? Can you, can you give me somebody? Zambrano. He is the Carlos Zambrano. We did not rehearse this. He is the Carlos Zambrano of the hitters of the world. I mean, he really gets into people and. Man, the, the dude just, I love it, and I think he's going to have a great game tonight, and I'm really becoming a fan of Juan Soto. Real quick, real quick before I push this over to Brandon, because I'm talking too much, sometimes less is more, but <laughs> if this goes seven games, I, I do believe if this goes seven games like I first predicted, um, I do believe Patrick Corbin will be the uh, MVP just for the fact that he's going to pitch in high-pressure situations. So, But Juan Soto, I love the guy. Go ahead, Brandon, you tell me, bud. Hmm. <sighs> I'm not going to lie, I really haven't watched much of the World Series. That's okay. But going in, I was saying Scherzer, Max. Max Scherzer. Max Maximus. I love Max. I loved him from his Tiger days. I think he's a great pitcher. I think if it does go more, he's always going to have opportunities to step up and be a star. Here's the thing about Max Scherzer. Max has the perfect name because he's a Max pitcher. You know what I mean? Sure, he's sure. a max pitcher on everything he does. He can, the guy can throw 110 pitches a game, and 110 pitches are at max effort. Yeah. Um, that's the greatest thing about Max Scherzer. And the only thing I run into that I don't believe he can be the MVP is because of the last game he pitched, and he's probably going to get one more opportunity. The reason I said Patrick Corbin in the beginning was because they pitched Patrick Corbin in relief appearance. And so what that tells me is they pitch Patrick Corbin in a relief appearance, and what they're going to do is they're going to use Anibal Sanchez tonight against Zach Greinke, and they're going to try and steal a win. Now, if they steal a win tonight at 3-0 and Patrick Corbin runs out there on game four, good night. And, but that's the reason I said that. However, there's so many different variables that come into a playoff right. game, right? right? You know, So I do believe that right. Max Scherzer could be that guy. Uh, if it was to go game seven. It could be anybody game seven, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it, it really could. It really could. Hey, we're professionals. We know what we're talking <laughs> Think right. S-Dub's coming back? S-Dub. All right. All right. Give it a spin, Tony. All right, spin, spin. baby. Bear. We don't want to talk about the Bears. we got to get off the Super Bowl prediction. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to talk football. Just want to talk about it. <laughs> oh. What do we got here? You, you go ahead and say and You start it. David Ross hired with the Cubs. We had talked about this in a previous episode and how I mean you said you said you're like hey I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be him and I agreed with you. I don't see how you go against that kind of relationship that he has with the players and you had mentioned that before. I don't see how you go against that. I know he is not your typical coach. He's not your uh, Girardi. He's not your you know you name them all all the ones right. that you want to. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that we come across with David Ross is, is like I told you, 
it's it was the body language when they came out of their meetings and not that I think I'm some Nostradamus or something but you could kind of tell the way that Theo Epstein was with Joe Girardi compared to what he was with David Ross was almost like a uh, hmm what's going on here you know so that's where I kind of started it out as and I do think it was the right pick what do you think about that do you think it was oh, the yeah. right pick no doubt yeah. no doubt I mean you want somebody in the clubhouse on the field that these players are going to respond to they're going to listen to they're going to know like hey he was in these moments or hey he knows how these players play and he knows how the Cubs most of the Cubs that are there he played with and he dealt with and he caught the pitchers like yeah. he knows what they do that he knows their mechanics he knows when they're at the best he knows when they're at the worst and he can deal with that and manage them to his best ability do you think Lester's the pitching coach in two years I could see it. I could I see could it, totally too. See. I could see it, too. Do you have any downfalls today? No. I know you had said, and I'm not trying to, like, jump no, in on your deal, but you had said that he might not be able to get, you know, top players because he's he's not those managers that we have mentioned that bring in those kind of players just because they have a resume. But at the same time, there are all-star, superstar players that would probably like to play with a player's coach that can obviously get the most out of players that they have a relationship with, like he does with the players from the Cubs. Right. So to bring this kind of go a little sidebar here, the reason that I said that it would be good for David Ross to actually be the Cubs uh, manager is the reasons you just gave. And it's because he played with the team. He knows the players. Anthony Rizzo absolutely loves David Ross. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that video of the World Series parade and how he talked about David Ross. That's just one player. Okay, and I'm not talking about contract cuts and what people are going to do. But the situation that I run into that really scares me is I said that if they got Joe Girardi, that I think Garrett Cole signs with the Cubs. Uh, and I said if they got David Ross, I told you this uh, before, that Garrett Cole won't sign with the Cubs. And I, I think the reason I say that is, is Garrett Cole is a uh, player of habit. He was a good pitcher for Pittsburgh. But when Garrett Cole went to Houston, he had a pitching coach that actually pretty much told him, hey, listen, you got yourself here, but this is what you need to do. And Garrett Cole did it. Where's he going to go? He's going to go to somebody that's going to be able to tell him what he's going to do. And who's that coach that's going to be able to tell him what to do and the manager is going to be? It's going to be Joe Girardi. So I'm really worried about the NL next year yeah. <laughs> because I believe Garrett Cole is going to end up in Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, that was a good pickup for Philadelphia to hire Joe Girardi. I mean, uh, he showed what he could do with the Yankees. He held a player, heck of a coach, can do whatever he wants to do. So Well, and the thing about Joe Girardi is is that he actually he wanted the Cubs job. There's a reason why Joe Girardi was hired with the Phillies after the Cubs announced David Ross. So let that be known. And then, oh, Joe Madden real quick. Came out and said that he wants to beat the Cubs in the World Series. We definitely got to bookmark that, too. Oh, that would be, yeah. That's that's going to be, <laughs> S-Dub is going to bring that back for us one day. I, I promise S-Dub for sure. I promise that. Man, that would be epic. All right, S-Dub's returned. What is he doing? Oh, he's on music now. Uh, this might be a minute. Let's jam out. Can we make a rap song out of that? We could. We could. Oh. The horn at the end, I got that all day long. <laughs> so we are on the living player that we would like to meet the most. I want you to go first on this one. This is tough. I mean, if you're asking me, okay, we all know basketball is my number one sport. 
It has been since I was born. I came out of the womb dribbling a basketball, or at least watching it on TV. <laughs> One of the two, or both. Is he in that painting? I have a painting right above us with Kobe, Bryant, Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, three of my favorite players. But I would probably not want to meet any of them. Oh. If we're not playing basketball, I'm not that's giving topics. I love Michael Jordan as a player, but his personality off the court has never been favorable by anybody. He's kind of known as not a very nice guy. Right. Allen Iverson, I don't know. He's got a little like, gangster to him. He's got he? a little gangster yeah, to him. I don't know where, he, sure. where we'd go. Kobe Bryant, like if I wanted tips of basketball, I would go to Kobe Bryant first. Right. There is no doubt about that. If I wanted to learn how to be a shooting guard, small forward, ball handler, okay, anybody that gets on the, the floor, I would go to Kobe Bryant. There's no doubt about that. But talking to him, meeting with him, he's just that quiet, I'm good to sit in the corner, you guys do what you do, unless we're playing basketball and then I'm going to be the dictator. That's kind of what I get from Kobe Bryant. If we were to have a drink with somebody or, you know, somebody that you want to have, me and you like to have fun. We joke around. We'll, even when we're having serious conversations, we'll throw in little joke stuff like that. Oh, for sure. So... I'm going to throw in an oddball. You're probably not going to think that I ever say this, I'm, dude. I'm lost right now. Peyton Manning. Wow. He would be the dude that I'd want to sit down and chill with and meet. He's hilarious. He's got a great resume. If we could get one person to talk with us, I would probably want Peyton Manning to come first to get on this pocket. I can't explain. That's who I was picking. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so here's my thing is with the Peyton Manning, I'm not trying to steal your thunder, I swear. I promise I'm not. But the thing with the Peyton Manning is, is everybody knows the Bears went to the Super Bowl in 2006, okay? Everybody knows the Bears went to the Super Bowl in 2006, and they played Peyton Manning. The Bears lost that Super Bowl. Instead of me being really upset about that, I literally said to my uncle that was standing to my left, I said, I'm just happy Peyton Manning got his Super Bowl. And for anybody that knows me and the diehard Bears fan I am, that is crazy. Now... To sit here with you as I'm talking, I'm sitting here trying to drain through my head who I'm going to pick because I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, I am a I am a people person. I am the guys that I you know the Andrew Lux of the world, people like that that are really good with everybody else. You know, like Andrew Lux would be a good pick. I'm, I'm interested in something real quick. Can you stick to football and can you give me one more person that you'd like to meet? You don't have to explain anything, but where's who's one more person that you would like to meet? Tell me when you think of it, and then we're gonna say it. we're gonna say it at the same time. Full name. Okay. Okay. I don't because think we're gonna be the same here. I'm interested. Okay. All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. Charles Deon, Tillman. Deion Sanders. All right. Okay. So that was the second one. Was my Charles Tillman. Charles Tillman has done excellent work for the community. He's done everything he's possibly can be doing, and uh, that's that's the second person I could come up with over other than Peyton Manning. That is crazy that you picked. That person. is crazy. That's I would love crazy. to sit down with Peyton Manning. Deion Sanders, I mean, I love his personality, his right character. Time. I mean, you can say, oh, he was you know, too much of a showboat, whatever. He was great to watch. He was entertaining. If I want my sports to be sports, I want it to be entertaining as well because I want to watch it. And he does enjoy a good job it. for the NFL. He, he's amazing. Yeah, he does. He's a great interviewer. He's a great personality on the mic, on TV. I love Deion Sanders. I always will. And it was fun growing up on, in that run where the Cowboys were on top of the world. And he was part of that, so he was on TV every Sunday. You know, I would have to go with Charles Tillman. We kind of can't go with the same person. I love Peyton Manning. Everybody knows I love Peyton Manning. My oldest kid's name is named after Walter Peyton, but I like the spelling of Peyton, so I did P-E. 
kind of silly, I understand. But, uh, boy, Charles Tillman's done a lot. So, <laughs> now that that's happened, we need to get Peyton Manning on the show. We're going to make it happen. That's right. All right, we got one more from Estelle before we uh, sign on out of here. Let's see what Estelle's got for us. Wow, we didn't get any sound with that one. But he went back to Ross and the Cubs. There oh, there you go. go. That sounds like a slot machine or something. Oh, we got another jam. Blues Clues. <laughs> Landed on the World Series. So we already did the World Series MVP. So this one is going to be just talking about the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals and what we think of the World Series. Uh, Nationals have a 2-0 lead. Like I said, I haven't watched much of it. I wanted the Nationals to win going in. I liked the Bryce Harper not being on the, on the team there in the World Series. He didn't do anything this season, really. He didn't yeah. really play to his best of his abilities. And to see Nationals go this far without him, that's the storyline that I wanted, and it looks like it could happen. It's all working out pretty well, huh? I wonder how many people are making money off of the Bryce this thing. No. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's a very popular headline right now. Let's let's keep on the World Series, but you know, there's somebody that's on the Nationals who's been a lifelong National that deserves everything if they do win it, and it's Ryan Zimmerman. So I I'm actually I, trying to look up the score here. Go ahead. I I agree with Zimmerman, but also Steven Strasburg. I mean, he has been there just as long. He has been a very impactful player for them. He deserves it just as much as anybody else. Well, especially after his injuries. You know, I see that. It looks like it's 0-0 zero, zero in the bottom of the first. But, I mean, especially after Strasburg's injuries and coming back from that, there was times where I really didn't think he was coming back, you know. And, I mean, I don't like to throw the Riggleman thing out there, but that he kind of had something to do with that. And it, it almost like, you know, everybody said, well, he kind of ruined Strasburg like he ruined Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. Well, you know, Strasburg didn't let him ruin him. Because he came back and good for good for Steven Strasburg, good for the Nationals. I, I really hope I, a sweep would just be amazing. Um, and I, I love the Houston Astros. I love George Springer. If anybody ever gets a chance, Google George Springer and speech impediment, and listen to his story. That what an absolutely wonderful guy. He really, I've, I've is. read a story about him. On Have you read that? What, a, what yeah. a great guy, right? He yeah, really was, is a great a guy. Story. So I mean, it, it's not it's not a hate thing towards the Astros. It's the fact that the Astros have been there before. The Nationals haven't. And, and without Bryce Harper, he, he kind of puts the icing on the cake for me. Yeah, the Nationals and the storylines that they had coming into just kind of overshadowed Houston. No no offense to them, like you said, but I had no dog in the race or horse in the race right. or cat in the race or mouse in the race or anything <laughs> in the race. But I like the, the storylines behind the Nationals. And like I said, I, I like Steven Strasburg. I have his whole career. Powerful pitcher. Unfortunately, had to go through those injuries. So when he did come back, I was happy for him, and now he might get the chance to get the World Series ring that he deserves. Yeah, and uh, like that's the one thing with you know Max Scherzer obviously came from Detroit, but the one thing that I've always told my 17-year-old, you know, I, I I grew him to be a lefty. He's he's a six-eight lefty, you know, and I've always told him I said you ever want to see Max ever watch, watch Max Scherzer. So I, I always text him when Scherzer's playing, and you know that's just. There's, there's a lot of little ties to the Nationals, and that's why I want them to win, and I hope that's how it goes. So, boy, we've talked for a while, haven't we, buddy? We have. I think it is time to uh, wrap this one up. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. We really appreciate it. 
Hopefully you come back episode after episode after episode because we will be here episode after episode after episode. If you want to continue to listen to us, we are all over the place. We just got the confirmation that we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We also have Twitter page, which is Edge of Your Seat P, just the letter P. Podcast was too long to fit in there. And, silly. <laughs> and we have a Facebook page, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Remember, there is no why. We are just too edgy for a while. <laughs> yeah. So thank you all very much. I appreciate it. And uh, Jim out, baby. Peace.